Hello, and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, a series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters who are shaping the electronic music landscape. I'm Jordan Rothline, and I'm the tech editor at Resident Advisor. Big things often have inauspicious beginnings, and that's certainly the case with the cult East London party fuse, which Enzo Siragusa started because he didn't feel like going to bed come Sunday morning. Now in its fifth year, Fuse has become an integral part of Sundays for a certain strain of London clubber. Siragusa and friends have also begun taking on the wider world of dance music, throwing parties in Ibiza, and curating a label that's elevated their brand of dubby house music. He's certainly been on the rise these last few years, but Siragusa is no overnight sensation. Fuse is the culmination of more than a decade spent in the rave and behind the decks. RA Saoirse Ryan caught up with him in London recently to find out how it all came together. And in the face of a venue switch up and a new focus on the White Isle, to gauge where Fuse might be headed. Um, it's been an incredible year for you over the last two years especially. Uh, I think one of the major things that I'm sure a lot of people know about is you joining the Artista Life uh, family which is also known as Desolate. Um, is, I mean, going from something like, you know, obviously doing a lot of your own parties and then going to such a professional organisation, is it very different? Are things still the same? Now you just have a bit more, I suppose, organization with your calendar or how, do, how does it work exactly? Um, I think things things have, have changed um, a bit. I mean, um, it's definitely more organized. Yeah. Like uber professional. And does it take a lot German of stress efficient. off? It does. It takes a lot of stress away. Um, you know, I'd always had the bookings managed by Kind of myself and and uh, and, and uh, my business partner uh, Tony and Fuse. So, you know, it was and and to be honest, you know, I used to reject a lot of bookings because I didn't really didn't like to play too many gigs unless it was the right kind of place. And sure. I, I had Fuse every week, so I sort of had my feel and I and I was quite happy. But yeah. since joining them, you know, obviously. Um, things have, have pushed on since then to another level and there's a lot more bookings and I think having an agency that deals with that kind of thing um, that, that is professional and, and, and does that you yeah. know, uh, makes life a lot easier because I, I don't think I would be able to cope with the amount of, of I mean I, I've booked the wrong flights back you know book, I've, book, I've turned up to the airport and realised that I've booked the flight the wrong way around you know and stuff yeah, like that so before so I yeah. would imagine, yeah, it's a lot less kind of um, scary when you turn up to the airport and you know it's probably... Yeah, I mean, there's a like team, that. you know, behind the scenes there doing logistics and, and, and all sorts. So, you know, it's a it's a very professional organisation. Do you get much say in, let's say, for instance, if there's an event that you don't really want to do and you've been booked or... Uh, no, no, no. I, 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 all the bookings are actually, they're floated by me and... Yeah. And I still have that that say over, okay. over the gigs that I do, yeah. Okay, cool. It's it's not like oh, by the way, you're playing here next week. You you get to decide. Actually, no, I don't. No, I decide every single gig actually, okay. pretty much. You know, Perfect, that, yeah. that obviously, you know, these guys are are very experienced and and they've um, you know, they've had dealings with with most people all over the world. You sure. Know? And so they they know who who I as a DJ should be playing for and who has the right kind of. You know, set up for for me sound wise and stuff. You know, I'm quite specific about that. So you know, they're and they're clued up and they ask all the right questions. You know. Okay, so I mean, what where they? Because you've a long relationship with, let's say, for instance, Loco Dice, and I'm sure with the Artista guys. Were they an agency or a group that you aspired to be working with? You know, at such close parameters when you, a few years ago. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, De Desolat was, um, you know, something that I, I used to love the music, you know, the, the stuff that, that Martin and, and Dice were doing, you know, uh, it was something, you know, that was a cornerstone of our sound, I suppose, going back about four or five years ago. Um, so, yeah, of course, you know, when they came calling, it was it was amazing because, it you know, it, it was something I'd looked at and watched evolve and, you know, thought that's, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, they've come from music to setting up this this record label from, you know, someone like Loka Dice playing at, um, 
DC10 and his career evolving into a label and, and an agency. So, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, who wouldn't aspire to something like that? Of course, of course. Um, do you think, uh, I mean, that particular group and have really grown their fan base over the, the last few years, um, you know, the success has been like incredible. Does that ever worry you that, you know, something might be getting too big and it's becoming like music for the masses because your history is very underground, um, you know, a lot of kind of intimate parties. Do you feel that you would, you know, in the future like to become so big that you're playing these huge arenas or would you like to stay at one level? Have you ever thought about it that way? I have thought about it. Um, I think, you know, my feeling right now is I'd, I'd want to keep on on the vibe that I've always been, which is kind of underground i think it's i don't really i don't really subscribe to this notion of underground it's not really you know i i think for example with with fuse um we never profess to be underground even though people would call it underground and you know like now that the press is kind of getting a little kind of on the bandwagon and looking at me and looking at fuse you know it's like all of a sudden it's the freshest thing to come out of london's underground whereas you know, Know, nearly 35 years old, you know, I've been playing for 20 years nearly, you know, yeah, like, yeah. don't feel that fresh. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I think it's more subcultural and, and, and with any subculture, you know, it becomes more available, you know, and it grows. And, and I think that's what's happened with, with, with Fuse. And I want to keep it on that level. You know, I'm never going to, I don't see myself in big stadiums, if I'm honest with you. It's not my thing. You know, I, I I play based on a connection and a feeling, and I, I kind of want to keep that. So that's okay. that's that's where my where my head's at. You know, and, and I'd like to play more parties like Fuse and and stuff like that. You know, that kind of size. Yeah, and you know, coming back to Fuse, then what, about five years ago or so mm. that you launched. Firstly, tell me for anyone who will be listening to this, uh, you know, because we have a global audience that may not have been to a Fuse before. Um, it's a weekly Sunday party. You can probably explain a little bit more to, you know, people who, who don't know it that well. And then we'll go into a bit deeper about, you know, where Fuse has come from. So tell me about Fuse as a party. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it it, it started as um, a weekly party. Um, you should start around 10 in the morning. So it's an after party, you know, and um, and uh, yeah, it, it grew quickly. Um, it took us by surprise, to be honest, how quickly it grew. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, it, the party was actually an afterthought because we were actually doing another party at the time on a Saturday night. What so was that? Circuit at Home Bar. Um, so we used to do Circuit at Home Bar followed by um, Platinum. We used to do the Circuit after party at Platinum and then we used to roll on to Fuse at 10 and do that all day long until about 10 o'clock at night. So it's pretty hardcore times. Same um, Mondays were fun. <laughs> yeah. That was the after party for Fuse. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, um, yeah, we, we were really just a, a, a bunch of, you know, ravers putting on a party at the time. Um, Circuit was actually the focus for trying to create something. And then it just happened to be the party that we weren't putting any effort into that became the special one, you know, uh, yeah. and grew really, really quickly. Um, so who is the core behind Fuse then from the very start? So yeah, I mean, it was you know, there's a core you know group of of party people really, which is what what it was. We were, you know, when I say, you know, I came from the dance floor. I actually did. There was a bunch of us that were just, you know, partying a lot in London, going out, you know, just partying hard. So um, you know, the core is is still there. The likes of uh, of of Rich Next and uh, Seb Zito, Luke Miss Kelly. So they were there from the very yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. Ben Rao, uh, Chris Moran. You know, and then and 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 Alex as well. Alex Arno was the 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 older head amongst us, really. Um, like the daddy. <laughs> yeah, he was at the time. Um, he was just a bunch of nutters just running around, you know, getting smashed and partying, really. Um, but yeah, you know, and then and it, it formed this, you know, group of residents formed, and and we've added to that, you know, the likes of Stuart Hawkins and you know Itetsu, um, Sam Bellis, people that have have really come from from our dance floor. And the group has, has grown and it's still growing, you know. Um, Do you think you talked about the kind of immediate success pretty much 
any time I was at Fuse, I, th- I think I was probably there in its second year of, of being around. And it was always packed. Um, mm. Why? Every Sunday. It's, it's funny because I... You know, I've been I've been partying a long time, you know, and I, I've been raving a long time. And what I found in that party was for the first time in a long time was people were coming there and ha- there was people that were having their first rave experience like I had when I went to I went to uh, Dreamscape um, in 1994, you know, and we just like walked in and was just like, wow, you know, this is amazing, you know, and 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 that had a massive impact on on my life. I think people were having that kind of experience there and we don't have that many clubs in London for people to do that in anymore. Good clubs, you know, with amazing sound where you walk in and, and you know, all your senses are just sort of, you know, tantalised and played with, you know, and that's what that's what 93 did, you know, with, with Fuse there. You know, you'd walk into that courtyard, into that venue, off Brick Lane, which was buzzing and you you'd 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 see all these you know weird and wonderful and colorful people you know from all walks of life um so it was a real cultural melting pot if you like and 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 then you'd walk into the room and it was like oh my god you know it was like this red raw and you know heavy sound you know like bass heavy sound that just sort of would vibrate your body you know and it was just like do you think it's something this? about that room I don't know, I could never put my finger on it, but it just had this vibe. I don't mm. know whether it was the sound system, whether it was the, the red off the curtains, it, the low ceilings, it was the platforms. It's all of those things. Yeah, you know? and, and, something and, though. Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've, but the thing is we've, we've done parties in other places. We've done, um, I remember we did, we've done a few warehouse events and we kind of recreated those 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 things we looked at those elements you know and and the sound is something i've always focused on massively you know and you know i you, you it needs to be shaking your sort of trouser leg and and vibrating in your chest you know you yeah. got to feel the upper upper sort of part of the kick sort of frequencies in in your chest you know the highs have to be comfortable in your ear and that's what you had you'd be enveloped by that sound and i think that that the red lighting in there albeit super basic you know, it's just I kept it red um, because I felt it just added that warmth and that that feeling that came with the sound. Sure, especially at winter, it's yeah, like, it felt really it nice. homely in there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that sound in there, did you work a lot with it, or was it just pretty much the system? That no, was? I mean the, the the original sound system we had when I when I went in there was actually ended up being my um my monitors <laughs> oh, really? so we had five mackie speakers Actually, I remember you yeah so this, we had yeah. five mackie speakers uh positioned in various places and they would uh they would overheat during the day like one by one and we'd have to switch it off and fan it from behind and then switch it back on again um but we had the most amazing uh sub like it was just some old school i don't even know w- what it was what make it was but this sub was massive and i realized that's what made the difference in that room so when we then persuaded 93 to, to upgrade the system we um we had everyone come in and we and, and and you know I worked with all of them to to listen to the sound and we settled on DMB so the DMB audio technic sound system and it was just like that made a big difference huge difference and really took the party to the next level and and then I took those Mackie speakers and I put all of them in my booth <laughs> so I was just like, it, for the, at least they're not going to waste. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so for, for, for it was a, it was a, it was a DJ's wet dream, really. You know, you're just like enveloped by sound yeah. all around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is the sound in the DJ box quite different then? Well, I think because the sound was so loud on on the dance floor, it kind of filled the room up anyway, and it, the whole room was just full of bass and the Mackies that we put in the booth. Um, you know, just added that high frequency for, for when you were DJing, you know. Yeah. But the bass was just all around you anyway in that room. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So you talked about um, people from all walks of life, which is, you know, absolutely so true. You can kind of go in there and there's like every culture in there. And, yeah, a lot of people know each other. It's kind of like a family. Like when mm. you've been going quite a few times, you know, it's like familiar faces. But because you're in the middle of East London, you're in the middle of Brick Lane, you know, so much goes on there. You have to be very strict on the door. And one mm. thing Fuse has done is door pick, right? Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people get knocked back. A lot of familiar faces obviously get in very easily. But how do you, I mean, it must be such a hard job because I think it's only probably 
one of the only parties that really does it so as strict as Fuse do is it because of where they are or is it because you know you had an element that you had to try and get rid of at some point or how, how exactly you decide you're going to do I, that I think London London changed um, around the time that we started the party you know when we started the party we had two security staff and uh, within a few months once this party took off it was like the wild west in there you know <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous um, and that's not sustainable you know it's like someone could get hurt you know you need to there needs to be a, an, an element of control. Now, around that time, I think clubbing changed in London with the, like we were saying about less venues and stuff and, and the crowd changed, you know, just in general, in all clubs I felt around four years ago. And it was like the masses became interested in, in you know, in the music, which is cool, which is fine. But at the end of the day, we had a small club and, and, it, and it was like the Wild West and it needed to be controlled. So, you know, we decided that we'd um, introduce that that door policy, you know, and where we were picking people based on a vibe and we'd build that party ourselves. Because it was the only way, otherwise it wasn't sustainable. It would just probably disappear because your core crowd of people that made the party what, what was so special wanna go, wouldn't want to go yeah. back, you know, and that, and that certainly did happen for, for a while. But then we turned it around and, you know, in that time, I think I've seen in the last five years, you know, we've probably gone through four or five generations of clubbers and seen new people come in, you know, and then for them to have their first sort of real sort of getting into it and culturing their vibe and their at like attitude towards dance music and then going and exploring sort of other parties and other sounds and stuff. And it's, it's, it's been quite cool. And I think that's what's made, you know, the party interesting. And, you know, when I say like all walks of life and all types of people, you know, I, I was meeting people in that party that, you know, hadn't been raving for 15 years and had just stumbled across views and gone, this is what I've been missing. Because people seem very committed to it, so much so that like I've even seen pictures of Fuse tattoos and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that's because they just feel like it's somewhere they can just, they always know they can go and have a good time or is me, it? Me, it probably means, it just means a lot, lot to people. I, I, I remember when I was younger and, 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 and growing up, you know, I was really influenced by the parties that I used to go to, the, the, the raves, you know, I used to collect the flyers, you know, I used to buy the tape packs, you know, I used to, you know, buy the merchandise, you the know. The wall would yeah. just be covered in posters. Yeah, yes, yeah my, so. my wall was covered in, in, in flyers, you know, and and so it, you know, it really, it meant something to me. And I, and I think that that's, you know, that's maybe something that, that Fuse has done for, for some people, you know, it's meant something to them, so, which is good, you know. Yeah, cool. So you guys were, uh, I suppose, the victims of this whole issues with East London and, and licensing council and everything. And, and recently, uh, 93 Feet East, which is where Fuse was for so long, was closed down mm. and you guys had to move, right? Yeah. Um, and we went to Village Underground, which is, I suppose, in that it has just one room, but it's a much larger room. Yeah. Um. But how did that feel when you found out? Did it come to as a massive shock? It was a huge shock, absolutely massive. Because you know, it just it, it was, it was unexpected, and um, yeah, you know, it was. How did you find out about it first? Um, I just heard. I remember I was just out, out and about on a on a Friday night and people were coming up to me going, you heard about 93, you heard about what's going on, you know, and I was really? like... So you yeah. just heard like, through hearsay. Yeah, and um, and then I saw on the news, you know, and it was like, yeah, it, it was it was just unbelievable, you know, and you, we couldn't get hold of anyone. It was Saturday and we can't get hold of anyone, you know, we're you supposed to be doing a party. On, yeah. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, basically on Friday night it got raided by... A ridiculous amount. Two hundred police. Two hundred police. Two helicopters or something. It was just. It was. It was ridiculous. You know. Why do you think they did that? When there was only about fifteen people in the club. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, my theory is that 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 um, local government are just trying to clean up that area in a you know regentrify it and you know turn it into like every other street in London. So I I think you know it's it's obvious you know that's it's the the you know, gentrifying the area and, uh, you know, raising property prices and making money, um, which is sad because, you know, it's Brick Lane is an area that, you know, culturally is, has meant a lot to, to London, I think, and, and certainly 
you know, not just not just our scene, you know, the music, but you know, artists and and all sorts, you know, and any kind of art form. I think it's it's been a very important location, and and I just see that changing now. Yeah, um, and being pushed out. Yeah, and so when you guys had to then, I suppose, look at right, what are we going to do with Fuse now that this venue's closed? How did you make the decision to go to Village Underground? I think at the time, we just didn't know where to go. We, it was one of the first phone calls we made. We had a chat with the guys and, I, you know, it felt really right, actually. When we met with the guys, you know, they're just super professional. Um, got an amazing team of people there. Um, and, and once we did the first event there, it really did feel like it, it was an obvious next step. You know, 93, we kind of cobbled everything together. It just came together somehow. I'm not sure how. Um, it was hard work, to be honest, doing an event there every Sunday and and managing it all. You know, the place it was a bar. It, it wasn't a club. Yeah. The team behind it weren't, you know, weren't geared up to dealing with this kind of thing. So it was a huge amount of work, you know. So I suppose when you've gone to Village Underground, a lot more things are ready, yeah. kind of yeah. made and tailored for what you're yeah. doing. You know, and, and, and the guys that, that work there have a huge amount of experience. They've come from, you know, festivals, from other clubs in London, you know, there's there's an amazing team there. So, you know, it's, it's enabled us to really start looking forward to where we want to take the party. And, you know, it's it, it's actually been really refreshing, yeah. you know. So, you know, every, every cloud has a silver lining, I suppose. And what was the feedback like? Because obviously, as we were talking about, there was a real intimate, like, homely, warm vibe in 93. The sound system, uh, very different club, Village Underground, it's large, high ceilings, big room. opposite. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, do you feel like the parties change at all? Or is it, you know, what have you done to kind of keep that, you know, I suppose, vibe, as you as you mentioned, the, was that 93? So, you know, I think the first thing that, that you should always do in any situation like this is not try and recreate something, yeah. you know. So we've reinvented it and, you know, we... We worked very hard on the feel of the of of the room. Um, done a huge amount of acoustic treatment for every event, you know, um, with draping and stuff. Uh, we add more sound. Uh, we make sure that that from from the DJ's perspective, when when you're in that booth, it's it's amazing. You know, I, I put a huge amount of focus on that. I bring in a, a DJ technician to make sure that that the DJs are comfortable, that the sounds good in a booth, so that you know, the party starts in that booth, which was what we kind of had at 93. You were kind of enveloped by the sound and, and it, it was just really nice to play there. So I've made sure that that's continued at, at, at Village Underground. And then on the dance floor, you know, it, the, the sound is good. And it's, it's you know, because the first time we went there, it was like, well, uh, you know, it was, like, it, was, it was overwhelming. It was a big room. Sound was all over the place. We had three days to organise the party, you know, um, but... I have to say, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much there now, you know, and by having the right sound in, in the booth and for a DJ to do his thing and play and, and express himself, I think that that comes across on the dance floor in the end. Um, and I think that's what's happened, you know. I think the, the, the crowd, obviously at first people are going to go, oh, this isn't the same. Well, no, it's not, <laughs> you know. Just look around yet. Yeah, this is something else. Now you have to make the choice as to whether you like this, you know, and then you know, people have, you know, and then they're just like, yeah, I do like this, this is good, you know, and it is a good experience. And then we've kind of built on that and it's it's a new thing. And musically, you know, we've we've started to change a little bit maybe, you know, maybe we are playing a slightly bigger room sound, if you like, but it's still our sound and it's our take on it. And, and I think all the DJs have loved playing there, you know, so it's just given us something else. It's just refreshing, yeah. something new. For so many years, you guys were booking people, uh, you know, the, the headliners when you do those parties. For instance, like a Cassie, a Loco Dice, a Toby yeah. Newman, um, you know, some major key players uh, within the industry. They were free parties. So it was free to get in unless it's, you know, a New Year's Day or whatever. Um, do you feel there was ever any like resentment from other promoters who were doing maybe same artists but on a Saturday night and charging twenty quid in or something like that? Did they ever feel like I never I never got any vibes off anyone. Okay, but yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah, sure, you know, it's you know, we did a 
it was it was free but you know it was it was a it was just a different concept you know and and it was an amazing experience for the for the DJs to play you know at, at fuse and and you know so it was you know, and a lot of these people I'm kind of friends with, so of course, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 and they're like, there at the party, yeah, themselves. yeah. So you know, and a lot of the time, a lot of DJs would come and play unannounced, and just because they wanted to play, you know. So I don't think, I mean, if anyone resents that, then <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, fair enough, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're talking about maybe like your new sound. I mean, I know you're doing a lot of work in the studio at the moment. Mm. Um, I've heard some really good things about your studio from various <laughs> people. Tell me what's in your studio. What are you working with now? So um, This is based in London. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're in Hackney. Um, the boys and I have put all of our stuff together. Um, what we got in there, we've got a, uh, a Moog Little Fatty, um, which gets some really nice bass mm. sounds out of. Um, we've got a Jomox 888 drum machine. Um, uh, we've got an old Korg. Um, we've got my my favourite uh, piece of kit is um, the is a little Jomox uh, M Bass 01 drum module bass. But just it just does kick drums nice. and bass tones. And and so you know I'm just having lots of fun with that. Yeah, to lots be honest. of pitching. Some, yeah, yeah, just some really fat sort of sub bass tones really Which that is I'm kind creating of the fuse with sound, that yeah. Right, yeah um I use a uh, uh, uh the Apollo um the UAD Apollo sound card which is which is amazing so yeah I mean you know it's we've, we've got a few bits and bobs in there you know yeah. it's you've got the deck set up and now I'm sampling a huge amount of my old jungle records. I was going to say to you, you come from quite a jungle drum bass background, yeah, so you yeah. do use quite a lot of that in your own music. Yeah, I have yeah. done. Yeah, I've sampled huge amounts of, of of jungle. You know, all the stuff from like ninety three to to ninety five, which was when I was sort of really just going, getting into. Yeah, it. you know, when I was just discovering raving. You know, and it was you know my mind opened up. So it's been it's been nice to bring that kind of sound into 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 my music. You know, and. Um, you know, Rich, Rich Next as well. He's he's kind of from that era, and so we've both sort of embarked on our jungle techno. Yeah, that's sound. nice. It yeah. brings a, I'd say, a nostalgic feel. Mm. So, just you know, the next step I suppose was moving to Ibiza, um, because you're doing the weekly party there. Is that I take it the main reason that that was uh, your you know step to move. Uh, for Fuse at Sankey's. Yeah, I just couldn't help myself. I need to do something every yeah. week again. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I need to get stuck into another another club every every week. So we're at, we're at Sankey's and. Um, How's that taken uh, off? I'm 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 loving it. You know, it's taken a few weeks to to get my head around the sound again. But you know, we we worked on the sound. I've I've had some some really good guys come in and help me. Um, some sound technicians, you know, that that really know their stuff from from uh, one of the guys from Cosmopop. Oh, nice. Um so um so we're there now, you know, and it's a place where I know I can walk in and play records, you know, play my vinyl, I've got no problems. Um and now it's time to just do kind of what we did, you know, at Fuse when it was a, a weekly party and and start to build something. I'm sure there's a lot of familiar faces over there. Loads. Loads. <laughs> it's just London, right? Yeah, pretty much. But it's we've got it's, it's funny well, actually because we've got a lot of Italian and, and Spanish crowd more so it's a real it's it, which is what what Fuse was in you know when we were when, you know I back here in London yeah. anyway yeah so yeah okay because um, Ibiza's changed so much as well uh, you know it's become very focused on super club I mean it was I always had its super clubs but you know you're talking about the way Ushuaia is now and um, it's you know a lot more money orientated from my experience from living there years and years ago um so you have some small like sankey's would be i suppose a smaller club in comparison mm. um do you do you think that in the future you would ever go to one of the larger ones if it was offered to you or is it would you like to keep it at the kind of smaller stage i, I think i have everything i need at sankey's i mean yeah. it's um you know, we're only using one room. Uh, it's got three rooms. You know, you know, you could stick like near enough three thousand people in that club. Really? Yeah. Um, but right now, it's it's a it's a one room party. I've, you know, we we wanted to focus like it's myself and and Seb, uh, um, there every every week as residents, and and we're flying over, and you know, one of the other guys or two of the other guys, um, from from our roster, 
um, with the odd guest here and there. You know, Tinny joins us quite a lot, but she's on the island, every, you know, every week sure. doing Tinny and the gang, and she's one of my best friends, so it just yeah. it makes sense, you know. But we're keeping it like that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I've got everything I need there. I've got a club that, you know, David Vincent there just pays attention to what I'm saying about the, the sound and is investing more money in the sound, you know, when I'm walking around as I do, listening to each speaker and trying to EQ stuff and saying, we need another can over there. And, you know, so he, the guy listens to me. So I, I don't, I've got everything I need. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I think that sound that, I suppose it's hard to explain this for people who may not know the fuse sound as well. It's it's quite dubby. Um, mm. It's I don't know how to explain it, but it has its own particular sound. Dare I say, fusic? <laughs> I know. But it, it does. It does. Um, I've often heard people say, "Oh, that's a real fuse sound in tune." I don't know what what it is, but it has a you know that kind of. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I. As a DJ, I play right across the board. And people that hear me play, especially when I'm playing six hours, will hear me go from house into techno, into deep house, back to techno. And, you know, it sure it has a dubbier sound. And the sound that we've made, obviously, was a sound that was very much... Um, There's lots of, like, sounds, isn't there? Like, you know, like percussion sounds that yeah. have really been uh, processed a lot. Yeah, and... especially when you listen to the likes of uh, Rich or, or Itetsu. You know, there's there's like it's intricate and it's it's deep, but always with that rolling dubby groove and some interesting bass lines. Typically, mm. um, I, I think it's a, a it's it's a sound which has come from from London. You know, it's London has so much. We have so many so many different sounds and scenes, and I, I think all of us have come from you know jungle drum and bass, hardcore techno. You can hear it. You definitely. can hear everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, garage. It's all there. You know, and. Um, which I'm, 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 you know, I think it's amazing that we've got that, and I think it's brilliant, you know. But now we're seeing this, you know, people relate, you know, that are relating to it, and then they're starting to make it their own, and people from outside of London, actually all over the world now, that are actually, so I suppose, getting into the sound, and and it's sort of. Do you think it works evolving. in Ibiza? Because I mean, um, I think last year was when I first start seeing, you know, these kind of uh, dubbier sounds coming to the island, where mm. it was a lot more. In the past houseier tech tech houseier you know and techno it was that fast techno yeah. you know um obviously with teeny and yourselves who've been doing parties there for a while but there wasn't really much else options like that mm. you know you might have next wave or you know the the um the, the romanian guys but they've only really started doing some things in the last year as well mm. do you think that uh, kind of more as we were saying earlier underground sound has become more popular is it exactly what the island needed maybe I mean how do you think it's uh, transpired over there yeah I, I think I think with um, I think with the the big clubs you know they, they've in a big room you need a big sound you sure, know I understand yeah. that you know I play in some some big rooms now you know and and you can't you know luckily I get to play the warm-ups but but you know sometimes you know like I, I take my hat off to, to the other DJs you know they're able to move a crowd and and you need bigger sounds to do that you know um, the this sound is is working maybe in you know as we say a bit more underground you know it's 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 in the smaller clubs and and it works and why think, is that do you think well because I think like I said in a, in a bit in a big room you play you know you have to play bigger sounding music you have to fill a room you know frequencies have to fill that space um you know so you need open big open hi-hats and yeah and, and like that's why house and techno and, yeah and yeah. you need big noise to, to 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 generate the energy to to move through that crowd and get them energized you know so i think in the smaller clubs you know you don't have to play that music even though some djs turn up and do that and when we're turning up and playing something completely different and our sound is moving people in a different way, rather than getting your hands up in the air, you, you're, you're putting your head down you're and putting you're your head down yeah. and raving, you know, and it's more in the belly, you know, somewhere around there, you know. So that's, you know, I think that's that's resonating with people and it's working, you know, and especially in a club like Sankey's, for example, where I've got the sound that I want and I've got it sounding the way I want it, I can play that music and I know how it's going to work for people, and um, and and it, and that's why I think it's starting to work. And people come there; they're having an experience on the island over the last few years. 
um, listening to this music, you know, and they're just, you know, going away, taking that and trying to do that as well, which is cool, you know, it's evolving and people are getting into the sound and, you know, it's, it's working on a life it's on its working. own, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good news. What are your thoughts on um, how, I mean, you've been a going to beat them, I'm sure, for a long time. It it seems to take like a certain, it goes through phases. So you'll have, you know, a couple of years where there's no outdoor events. It's very strict. Police are coming down hard and everything. Then it'll go back to these kind of beach parties and everything's okay again. What's it like now? What what do you see? Like, how how is it for you at the moment? Um, Things seem a little bit more relaxed. Okay. Certainly. Um, you know, there, there was that time over the last few years where you couldn't do anything. You know, um, if you ran over a little bit, you had, you know, there's the there's the fine waiting for you with the police outside. You know, you you couldn't do any parties on beaches. You know, I'm seeing more and more little underground, you know, naughty little parties popping up, which is great, which is what you need, um, because that's where the magic is. I feel on that island, you know, um, away from from all the uh, the big money clubs. Um, I think that that yes, that the island is 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 changing a lot you know there is a lot more money and it is becoming focused on that um but i think as a result i think you know this this year i i, I sort of saw this coming a while back and i said to the guys at sankey's for example you know it's it's about not being greedy you know and 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 keeping uh pricing you know right and not ripping people off because i feel too many of the big clubs just it's just silly money, you know. And throw away two yeah, grand like yeah. in a week or and, whatever. Uh, and, and, I, and I said this to, to, to friends and stuff over there that, that doing parties. It's like you need to understand. Like, as a club of myself, you know, I went to that island and, and, and went there not even just as a club, as a worker. You know, I was a worker there. I, you know, I was for years. And um, you had to pick and choose the parties you go to because you don't have much money, you know. So you can't expect the Living same person to noodles. go to the same club. Yeah, and, and you're not going to go to the same club, you know, three times in one week, you know, if it's stupid money to get in. You're going to pick and choose which DJ you're going to want to hear. You know, so I think that there's, um, you know, I think there's 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 a, a harsh reality coming to a lot of the promoters over there, you know, and, and unfortunately it's hitting a few people where they're not getting the numbers that they want through the door. Um, I suppose it serves them right though, right? If they're charging ridiculous money. Well, yeah, and I think, I think some of the promoters, you know, it's unlucky because, you know, it's the clubs have a lot of say as well. Um, but I, I think this this is a year where, where that starts to stabilise itself because there's only so many punters out there and um, and people need to be a bit more realistic and, and hopefully that's that's happening on, on the island, you know. Yeah, and you said um, earlier that um, you're playing just mostly vinyl now and some, you know, CDs, USB sometimes. You uh, pretty much going back to that completely. You know, yeah, I've gone back to. I only really shop for vinyl. Where? Um, mainly Dex and Juno, um, but uh, you know, and I try to get into black market as often as I can, just because I love that record shop. Even from my jungle days, you know, it just you know it's got a place in my heart. So, you know, I um, yeah, I uh, I've gone back that down that route really. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm a multi-format DJ, you know, I, I use, you know, USBs as well. There's a lot of the unreleased stuff and, I, you know, I can't play it any other, uh, other way. I use, um, you know, some effects units as well. I, I, you know, I loop my vinyls using a uh, loop thing and, you know, I use a, a Pioneer effects unit, you know, just to add incidentals and stuff when I'm in bigger rooms. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, I've, I've 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 come from vinyl and that's that's always where my head's been at. So from what I can see, it seems to be the popularity for it is growing massively. Um, a lot of people have just had enough with tractor or whatever, and maybe like um, is there, there's a lot more good vinyl at, at hands reach now. Um, do you think? It, do, have you seen from someone who's uh, obviously booking so many DJs? Playing with so many DJs all around the world, do you mm. say? Do you think it's it's growing again? I think it's definitely growing. I mean, I've seen my record sales grow. Um, you know, vinyl sales. So, you know, I think that um, yeah, it's you know, it's 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 definitely growing. I mean, as a, as a DJ, I'm able to buy uh, you know some vinyl only tracks, which I know there's only three hundred being pressed. 
if I get one of those records, you know, that's I'm going to stand out. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, so you know, it's again, it's getting back to you know wanting to play music that no one else has got. (laughs) You know, so you're going down that route. That feeling going home. What, in the car, on the bus with a big bag of vinyl. Yeah, it's... and you want to go home and play it. And yeah. that's the thing, is having something tangible, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I, I grew quite disillusioned with a lot of the digital side of things. You know, I suspend, you know, and I still go through Beatport and Juno Download and stuff because there is some really good digital music out there. Um, but, you know, I'm spending two or three days going through Beatport looking for tracks, coming out of it with three or four tracks. Going to a record shop was just amazing. Striking up a relationship a working relationship, if you like, with the person standing behind. They know what you want. And they know what you want, you know, and they'd be, you'd like be going through those records and they'd be picking out these gems and, you know, and it's just, it was, the social aspect of it was, was nice. And even going with your tunes around your mate's house and playing your records, which, you know, we're doing now, you know, and it's like, you know, getting excited about that piece of vinyl and your mate's going, oh, I can't believe I didn't get that, you know, and it's, it's that, it's the social side of it, you know, which I don't seem to do with, like when you've got just turning up with a USB. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've we've covered a lot of bases now. Obviously, um, we talked about London a lot, and personally, I see it in a little bit of turmoil now with the way the government are coming down on on a lot of the events here. Does it ever worry you about your own event? Um. Uh, yes, a little bit. I mean, I think that um, I think that you know. Maybe government is completely out of touch with with what people want and what people do in their spare time. You know, I think there's no clubs in London. You know, everything's been shut down. Um, licensing is just, you know, it's more and more difficult to, to do a party now. You know, and I'm seeing so many friends really struggling to put on parties. You know, our scene is, is one that, for me, is kind of in decline, really. You know, and London was, was really the... The, the center point of, of electronic music. Clubbing Mecca, basically. Yeah, it yeah. was. You know, and, 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 and it's sad because I look at, you know, all these people looking towards Berlin all the time and looking for DJs that are from Germany to come and play over here. And I'm like, one of my missions with Fuse was to grow, like, a, a, a London scene with London talent. You know, we've got amazing DJs here. But the problem is we don't have much airtime, you know. And there's guys that are just, you know really really talented djs and producers and we just don't get to play you know um so yeah sure for me doing my parties yeah i'm i would i'd like to do more in london but you know to be honest i can't find a venue to do them in so let's talk about you're doing a label as well the fuse label um but the stuff that you're releasing at the moment are you open to going on a lot of other labels or do you want to push yeah to your own I've always, I'm a DJ and, and that's why I'm, I'm not a producer as such, even mm. though over the last 10 years I've become a producer, I suppose, I, I'm able to make music. But my emphasis is always on going out. I, I love playing records out in clubs. I love the clubbing experience, actually, as, as much as actually DJing itself. So that's my emphasis. And, and I would be, you know, I'm open to, to doing stuff on other labels. The f- problem is I don't have that much time, you know. Doing up to five gigs a week sometimes, you wow. know. So it's um I wish I had more time in the studio, but already this summer I haven't done anything, you know. Um I've done a few loops on aeroplanes. Do you get any pressure from like your agency to do it or not really? Because I, I think they know I'm 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 a DJ. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, I I could have spent time working in the studio and releasing music and going at it from that angle, but I've sort of got to this point through my DJing more sure. so than the music I've made yeah um, it's more fun yeah 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 um, but yeah you know I've got I've got my labels um, and, and I'm kind of focused on them really so Fuse label Fuse London record label that you guys are uh, obviously working very hard on tell me a little bit more about it is there much going on for the future so there's yeah there's loads going on with we've got two labels now so we've got Fuse London which you know, it, it, it's the original label. Um, it's for the for the residents. You know, for the guys that are a part of uh, Fuse in London. You know, that I feel have come from the the the, the dance floor from Fuse. Um, so there's loads coming out on that. You know, the likes of Rich Next have probably got an album coming. He makes like a track a week. The guy is just prolific. 
you know, I've been working on a collaboration with um, with uh, Roscoe and Luke Kelly and also with Itetsu, collaborations with um, with Seb. Uh, Seb's just like Seb Zito's on another level as well, production wise. So, you know that 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 that's really grown well. You got even like extended crew and family. You know Dan Lively and uh, Dan Fazarelli, people like uh, um, it's just loads of people like that that are coming from the dance floor that that um, you know making great great music. You know, um, then Infuse we set up because we're just inundated with people making music which is kind of inspired by by our sound, you know, and yeah. they're from fur- further afield. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, we set that up and... You have an opportunity now to platform these people's music globally. And it is a platform, and that's exactly the way I see it, you know, and, and because we've never come at this from, um, you know, uh, the perspective of having, like, the, the big remixes and all that, you know, I, I did feel that we should focus on on what we do and put that out there and present that without the remixes, you know, paying money for remixes to sell records. I just figured if the records sell, they sell. And, and you know, and we had to pay for our own press at, at, when we first started and stuff. But now people are more interested in what we're doing. The records are selling really well. So, yeah, you know, it's a platform for the guys, you know, and, and we're able to make our own music, our own sound and, and not have to rely on, on bigger, more sort of... Uh, you know, famous artists to sell records. It seems like so much work. You're doing a party in London, a party in bloody uh, Ibiza, the label, yeah, and then also <laughs> doing world touring. Like, how do you prioritise? Um, I'm working seven days a week. <laughs> you know, I'm working on my flights. Um, you know, yeah, we're we're all working. You know, all of the guys are involved in um running things. You know, uh, Seb Zito, for example, is doing a lot of the A and R on on. Infuse with me, you know, all of the guys are coming to me with tracks that are being sent because inevitably, um, I think I have about 2,000 unread emails in my inbox. So the guys have, um, you know, have, have their own email addresses. Guys are sending them music, and the ones that really stand out, they're, they're sending to me, you know. So all, all the boys are, are doing that, you know. And are they, because it's, you know, when you take that, I suppose, step from maybe just having a, a full time job or whatever mm. to okay, dedicating then your life to the music thing and doing that full-time. Is that what everyone's done? Because sometimes that can be a really hard, like, sustainable... Some, some of the guys life. some of the guys have done it. I mean, Seb Seb took that step, you know. I mean, I took that step, um, what, eight years ago, seven years ago. It's a hard step what to take. What were you doing before then? I was in... Uh, I, I worked in uh, IT sales. Really? Yeah, for, for nearly 10 years. Yeah, so, it's you know, a scary I, sacrifice. Yeah, it is, it is. You know, it's, it's, it's a big step for anyone to take. And... Um, but you know, I, I think it's a necessary step because I, I think it makes you um, you have to make sacrifices, and I don't think this career comes easily, you know. And you need to, you know, you, you especially now, you know, it's not just about being a DJ anymore. You know, typically you do need to make music, and you do need to network, and you do need to, you know, create marketing. Yeah, it's it's everything. Yeah, so. So yeah, you know, it's it's not easy, but the guys, you know, most of them are, are, are making that step, you know, and and I've certainly, you know, you know, tried to support the guys in, you know, you know Roscoe's done it. Um uh you got the likes of Jun Nakamoto, unfortunately isn't with us anymore in London. He lives in Japan, but you know, he's he's done it and doing really well, you know, but they're all making that step and really working on their careers, you know, and I th- I'd say anyone that's looking to do this, that's what you need to do in the end. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's good to obviously sometimes it's all right to have you can have that nine to five job as well. But I think you still need to make a commitment to your career. And that's going to mean that you need to dedicate time to it. So yes, you can't be just going out all the time. It's not going out raving, that's for sure. Yeah. You know? so. It takes you a few days to get over that. Yeah, it does, especially when you get my age. <laughs> <laughs>